Hey folks, welcome back to the Mantra Cruise podcast. And I want to start this episode off with a pretty scary stat, actually. And that is based on a survey by Tech Republic, 75% of us feel like we're stuck in our careers. And half of that is because we feel like the companies that we're at or the places that we work at do not provide the growth opportunities that we're looking for. And the other half is actually that we're feeling too overwhelmed and too stressed to make use of those opportunities. And that lack of progress, that lack of development in our career is a pretty big source for burnout, which is quite a common mental health challenge for working professionals and people in the industry nowadays. So in this episode, we're talking to Yulia Ariano, who's a professional career coach and as well as a mentor on Mentor Cruise and doing that whole thing about professional development and professional coaching full-time to tell us a little bit more about what we can do in our careers to make sure we don't get stuck or if we're already feeling stuck what we can do to get out of it. I'm here with Yulia Ariano who originally started in business development but then turned her career into career coaching and career progression now working with uh, career professionals anything from professional branding to career growth to much more and of course during that time also became a top mentor on Mentor Cruise with spotless ratings, five stars, no problem at all. And I'm very excited to have her on the podcast today to talk about how to think about professional development, how to think about your career, and basically get your career progressing forward. Thank you for joining me, Julia. Hello, Dominique. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm excited to have this talk with you. <laughs> yeah, doing well. I'm equally excited. I, I want to give you the stage right away basically talk us through what career coaching is and what you're doing on a, on a day-to-day basis. I'm so curious to hear. Yeah, well, to speak about that, I need to go a little bit back. I started working as a business developer for startups here in France. And quickly I realized that the part that I actually liked the most was talking one-on-one with people, you know, like from colleagues to people from other startups that were having some trouble in their company and so on. And then I realized that I actually like that to talk people through not their problems, but, you know, through the things they want to improve. So after a few years in business development, I decided to take some training to become a a certified coach and to be able to provide a good service. Right. Not only like advice or as a friend advice, like really good service. And for me, career coaching is all about first helping my client or my coachee to get to know themselves best in the sense that sometimes we know we want something different, but we don't even know who we are or at what stage in our life we are in. So I think that for me, the first thing is like to get to know yourself and I walk my my clients through that process and then get clarity on their goals. Right. So, so it's not really just, you know, I want to, to reach a certain goal in my career and you know let's get towards it it's much more than that you really need to kind of go deep on people's ambitions yeah it's important for me because sometimes we think we want something because we think that's gonna make us happy or because it is the next logical step but that doesn't mean it's right for us and it has happened like mostly in the beginning someone wanted a job and I was like, okay, so let's dive in fast you know like let's work on your CV your LinkedIn profile your cover letter and then they were not satisfied with the either the field they chose or the company they chose because they were not even like aware of their own values. So then I right. decided to 
take it up a step further and start by the person and then the goal. And of course, then the strategy to get there and, you know, the milestones and everything. But first start with the person. Right. That makes a ton of sense. You were talking about that basically it was kind of the helping people and, you know, helping people to understand their their problems and making them go forward that motivated you to go into coaching. But why why coaching exactly? You know, why not, let's say, human resources, which I guess is... is kind of similar in the in the motivation yeah maybe it sounds similar but i think that human resources is more more like for the administrative part you know Could be, yeah sure yeah that, that's the impression i get at least i i think that and of course i respect people that work in human resources because in the end like we work in a very similar field but what i like about coaching and the word coach is that we're both learning right we're a team Right. As a coach, for me, I'm part of your team. And as part of your team, I want to help you to get there. And as human resources, I think that there's like, I don't know, like another status that someone always stays like at the top, like the expert mm -hmm. in human resources. And then they tell right. you what to do. And I don't like to tell people what to do. Like I'm not their mother, right? <laughs> I like to help them find <laughs> what they want to do. And yeah, that, that was for me the, the difference as well as the, that human resources and coaching has been evolving so much in the last years that I, I prefer to explore this path. Yeah. And, and I feel like coaching is such, you know, a, a trending thing or a quickly growing thing that mm -hmm. I feel like it, it might be something that's very hard to get into. How, how did you get your, your start as a coach? First, I, as I mentioned before, I got some training. I took first a life coaching, you know, like a basic life coaching training because I wanted to understand how to communicate better with people. And then from there, I jumped to career coaching, like another training specific for career coaching. And now I'm about to finish an entrepreneurship coaching certification as well. Because it seems like all of the same, but at the same time, it's it's very different because there's not the same spirit in someone who wants to find a job or evolve in their career in a company than someone to wants, who wants to become an entrepreneur uh, or right. freelancer. So I wanted to learn like which strategies to go with different type of clients and different type of goals. Right. Yeah, that sounds super diverse right there's a lot of different people that are looking for coaching from you who's your like your typical client that you work with is more you know entrepreneurs and maybe maybe founders or executives or is it something for let's say that the average joe you know us people in the as engineers or or marketing that could benefit from career coaching as well i think well all of my clients are very different and i want to mention this because i work as well with a lot of expats for example mm -hmm. i am an expat myself I, I am Mexican, but I, I live in France since almost six, six years ago. So I know firsthand the experience of being an expat and, you know, trying to find your own place in another country. So in that right. sense, like, of course, I tend to attract expats because it, it's, it's what I know best. Besides that, I work a lot with people that are at early stages in their career. Let's say from job hunters to people that have been working a few years like long in a company and then decide they want something else, whether it's making a complete career switch because during that path they found out that that career they chose was not the right one for them or just because they want to change fields. So I would say that the typical person, I'm not that into right now executive coaching. I hope one day, but right now I, I enjoy working a lot with with 
how to how to say it like yeah not younger in age but younger in their career type mm -hmm. of person yeah, yeah experience yeah exactly so coaching is maybe not as much as you mentioned like the coach is the guru or the expert uh in every you know in every aspect it's mm -hmm. more that you're working together actually and that you're maybe a little bit more further or more progressed in your career but you know you learn as much from from your coaches than than they do from you as a coach. Yeah, and that's the fun part for me. That that's what I enjoy the most. I think. Well, there's a lot of things I I enjoy about this job, but that's one of those. Being able mm -hmm. to work with people from uh, all over the world because I speak English, French, Spanish, so I get to talk with people from different nationalities and so on. I learn from like from their own mentality, their own person, because we're all very different but also from their own cultures, like what's what's going on in their country, what's the career, the job market there, what's the trend. So I get to learn from everyone. That's so that's so exciting that you get to, you know, I guess you know it as well from Mentor Cruise, but that you get to, to talk to people all around the world and you get to yeah. see those different perspectives. That's so exciting. As you mentioned, like, I don't know everything about everything. <laughs> it's impossible. Like, I think that someone who promises to know everything at all, they are lying because it's not possible. And sometimes right. when I work with someone that it's in a field that I'm not very used to working with, or even it's the first time, I try to do my best to learn from it as fast as I can and to inform myself with, with colleagues or with people I, I may know that work in those fields so I can help them better. But yeah, it's, it's a learning curve for both of us. Sometimes I'm more aware of a, of a field and I, it, it goes like a little bit more smooth, but if I'm completely honest, I'm also always learning and I'm happy that mm -hmm. I'm always learning because I, I think that if I didn't, I would get bored. So that's exciting. And I like to see myself, as, as I mentioned before, as if my coach and I were a team. So in that sense, sometimes people come to a coach for the wrong reasons. Uh, let's say they want someone who creates for them their CV or who creates for them their cover letter, or who does this for them or that. And I think that, no, it's 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 in the end a partnership. There are some things that I'm going to help you with and guide you through, mm -hmm. but there's also some work that you need to, to do on your own. And that's important because I don't want people to depend on me every time they want to, to write a new CV or a new cover letter. I want to teach them how to do it. So for yeah. uh, in that sense, for me, it's important that my client learns and not that I facilitate all the work for them and then expect to become to come a few years after right needing to get it done again all right yeah on, on that topic i got a question the other day which is basically how do you draw the line between let's say coaching or mentorship to something like consultant or in that context it was management right where mm -hmm. maybe the way that you're looking at it is a little bit different but where do you draw the line if somebody asks something of you that maybe falls into the place of a consultant like you were saying like putting together your whole study plan and, and cv and so on i can do that but it's not my preferred way of working to be honest but right. i could do that if someone asked me like i have a client i will answer your question but to say like i have a client she's already like top in her career but she wants to make some changes and move from comp like to another company and she told me like you know what i don't have the time to send my cv to all of these job offers that mm -hmm. i'm interested in and okay then we both agreed that i could help her to do that but in that sense so to clarify my boundaries first in the discovery session i have with my clients i ask them what are they expecting from their coach not only me but from any coach 
what would their ideal coach do and wouldn't do. So then once I know that, I can tell them, okay, from this list you gave me, this is what I can do and this is what I, I cannot do. So that's the best way. Like um, I think that being honest since day one from both sides, it's best than making people believe that they can expect something something from me that I won't give them. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's more about, again, like coaching goes into supporting them, basically not doing the, the work for them, right? Like there's still so much work that they need to do, but the, the support is, yeah, like taking some handiwork off their, off their table, basically. Yeah. Awesome. I want to kind of dive into the topic of really career development and professional development. And what, what I see often is that people reach out on Mentor Cruise and they feel kind of stuck in their careers or, or maybe not as satisfied. And I'm wondering whether you have any insights uh, on that and maybe people that reach out to you and are, you know, stuck in their careers or, or kind of don't know where to go. What's the kind of advice that you usually offer a candidate like that? Okay, it's very um, person specific the advice. Like there's no general advice for these kind of things. But the most important thing I would say to someone is to develop some self-awareness in the sense that we need to learn what you like and what you don't like in your in your job. There is no general advice. Of course, we're all different. Every situation is very particular, very different. But the number one thing I would say is that we need to de develop our self-awareness and we need to learn what we like and what we don't like. When we don't like something in our career or, or, or our job and we feel stuck, we need to, like, as simple as it sounds, right? Make your list and see what you don't like. And from those mm -hmm. things you like, you don't like, is there something you can do about it or not? Because if you right. cannot do anything about it, maybe it's a time to start asking questions, right? And there's something I like to work with with my clients and it's the non-negotiables. Things that my clients won't negotiate for any job. For example, for someone, mm -hmm. it may be super important to have their weekends free because they have a family or because they practice a sport, whatever, they have their right. So they can say, okay, for me, my list of non-negotiables is that I need to have a free weekend uh, or right. that that amount of holidays or this salary or this and a, a big list. Like it doesn't matter. But if you don't want to feel stuck, first you need to know what you like, what you don't like, and what are your non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. Mostly when we're young, I think we tend to accept things that are not what we want because we're just so scared to losing that first first job or that first opportunity that then we are like, okay, it will get, it will improve eventually. And truth is that we need to educate ourselves to not accept things that are less than we want and also to educate our employers. How are you allowing them to treat you? Are they paying you fairly? Of course, and at early stages in our career is more complicated, but there are strategies to do so. And that's when working with a mentor or a coach can be interesting so they can guide you through and if then you realize that that job is not for you, then you can move on and find another one. Like, I think that we live in a world full of opportunities, but to reach those opportunities, we need to get out of our comfort zone, even yeah. if that means quitting a job. Right, right. Is that, is that often the resolution in your experience that if somebody feels stuck, you know, how, how often does it succeed to really go to, let's say, your manager and talk about those non-negotiables versus you know, leaving the job entirely for a new one. If, if I feel stuck, is, is there a future for me basically at the career that I'm now or is it better to just make a drastic change? Again, like there's no one right answer. I think it can mm -hmm. go both ways. What I recommend always to my clients 
is to not think about quitting cold turkey because that makes us feel very stressed and very anxious. So I'm not saying like, if you don't like your job today, just quit. No, like, okay, then you start thinking, okay, I'm not satisfied. Again, why? Can I do something about it? Can I talk with my manager about it or with my colleague that it's been a pain? You know, can I do something about it? Yes or not? Because the priority is to first try to make the job you have right now as better for you as possible in the sense that if you're not leaving tomorrow because you already have another offer then try to work it out until you find something better in the meantime while you're trying to work things out there you are also looking for other options you're also looking like for another strategy maybe you're studying maybe you're getting a certification or something else that you're interested in so when i say like you don't need to stay there is that you really don't need to stay there but that doesn't mean that you need to go crazy and just you know right quit everything and go to hawaii just because you're tired no there are ways of doing things and also i think that trying to make work a job that you don't like anymore teaches you a lot mm -hmm. you learn a lot on how to communicate different how to improve your resilience how to motivate yourself like you learn a lot also by staying there for the period of time that's needed until you get the job you really want. Yeah, that, that's a super interesting point because I feel like the, the consensus is that most people learn the most right in like the first one or two years of a new job. But really, mm. I guess where the other opportunity is to kind of persevere and be resilient uh, and maybe make something work that, that isn't working out quite nicely at the moment. So maybe, mm -hmm. maybe that's another learning opportunities that people can uh, look at. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that when we feel we're failing is when we're learning the, more, the most. Mm -hmm. That's almost always true. Unless you don't do anything about it, then you're not learning. You're just suffering and failing. Right. But if you take advantage of that, you can get to know yourself better and learn, as you said. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting. You said before that, you know, young people are, I guess, less likely to have a long list of non-negotiables, right? Like if you're if you're at the start of your career, you're most likely to maybe do do whatever it takes, right? Is mm -hmm. that is that a good thing? Or do you feel like that's maybe a mistake that young people do to kind of, you know, not have those non-negotiables and, and look for their dream career maybe or their dream job? Or is that exactly what kind of gives them the edge? I think it's not a mistake in the sense that we all go through that. It's part of the learning curve. Like we all go through that. I have done it. Like I bet almost everybody has done it. Yeah, right. But at, at some point you need to value yourself and you need to value what you need, what you want and how much you're worth as well. To give you an example, one of the jobs where I learned the most, I was being paid like the minimum wage and working sometimes like from Monday to Sunday and it was crazy. But I learned a lot. Then I, mm -hmm. I realized that even if I liked the job and my boss was not willing to, like, you know, to give me a better salary, working hours that were like logical, not going, you know, it was crazy. But anyways, once I realized that I could not improve that job anymore and that I had learned what I needed to learn, I decided to move on. You don't need to kick yourself because you accept something that you don't like or you don't want, but you need to learn to say stop, you yeah. know? okay, this has been going on long enough. I need to move on. 
but again like every experience is different sometimes people need to stay there for 10 years until they realize how much they are worth and how much their expertise is is worth so you get to choose if you stay there one year or 10 years or your whole life which happens as well do do you feel like young people or not young people but people at the start of their careers should do anything to kind of optimize their careers kind of set them up for success later on or is it you know is it a phase that you would discover what you like and kind of explore your opportunities or is that there's something you should do from day one to kind of make sure you set yourself up for for success yes well in my own opinion like the number one thing you need to learn whether you're day one at your first job or 20 years later you need to develop your leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people think that leadership is only for managers or for the boss. And I don't think that's true at all. I think that we all need to develop our leadership skills. And there are simple ways to do it. Of course, it gets time and it gets work and, and so on. But you can start by raising your hand at work. You know, if there's a, a meeting and there's something you want to say, you know, if you have an idea or even if you have a question, you have the right to raise your hand and jump that barrier. Even if it's scary, even if you feel that you may say something that it's completely ridiculous, it's okay. But if you want to develop your leadership skills, start by raising your hand. Another way to do it is find your skill gaps. And for this, you have to either be super aware of yourself or have a manager or a colleague that can give you some uh, feedback, or if not, work with a coach that can help you to find that. But find your skill gaps and keep learning because that also gives us like kind of a voice of authority in the sense that it gives us more confidence to talk. When we have that confidence to talk, we improve our leadership skills. Also, uh, develop your emotional intelligence. Learn how to communicate, like learn how to resolve conflict, learn how to ask questions. So yeah, number one, that develop your leadership skills. There's a a long list of things you can do, but (laughs) yeah, that's my number one thing. (laughs) Awesome. It it sounds like the stuff that really pays off early in your career is more around, you know, soft skills and leadership and communication, maybe not Mm. so much, you know, mastering your craft to the, the, the end. Do you think that's a common theme? Yes, I do think so, because someone very prepared but very shy, won't show off their job, for example, or mm-hmm. won't talk about themselves and their expertise. Sometimes also like people have the, the idea that if you talk about yourself, you're being, a, I don't know, like egocentristic or something like that. But we need to learn how to talk about our job and our expertise. So yeah, I do think that becoming a, a leader or leader-like uh, can keep can get you further in your career than being an expert and not being able to to show your craft and and to help others to teach others because that's also another way to to become a leader in our field mm-hmm. almost like you know becoming a coach or a mentor yourself yeah <laughs> kind of awesome. but you don't even need to become a coach or a mentor but being a good team member in this world of competition right forgetting about that unhealthy competition and help your teammates because your superiors will see that We'll see that you're you're helping them out or that you're reaching out and seeing how everybody's doing and teaching what you know and also learning from others. So these are the little things you can do on a daily basis that don't cost you a thing and that can improve your expertise, your craft, and also your leadership skills. That's super interesting. We had a kind of a conversation in the last episode, which was basically 
it was about big tech and like getting into those big companies. And it, it was a very similar point that, you know, people usually start to reach out and, and interview for those companies way too late. They're, they're looking to, you know, master their craft and, and kind of get the best at coding or designing or whatever. But in reality, it's all about, you know, the, having the self-confidence and, and just being able to take that jump. Yeah, that's it's amazing that you mentioned that because I have seen a lot of a lot of times, you know, like this imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. someone that says like, okay, I'm good at this, but I'm not ready right. to jump to, as you said, like to jump. And I think that when someone proposes, for example, take on this project, if you say, I'm not ready yet, people are going to be like, okay, they are not ready. But I always tell my clients, if someone says that you're able to do something, believe them. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't believe what they are saying, they are seeing right. something in you. <laughs> they can see your potential maybe. And you need to t take a leap of faith and believe in yourself and also trust that you will be able to find a solution to whatever problem comes. Taking on those projects, taking on those, those uh, job positions that maybe you're scared to go to can be the best thing you have ever done because it will push you to learn and to, you know, like to get that passion that we don't get when a job is boring and when you're perfectly fine doing it so good that you could do it when you're sleeping. That's why people start to get bored and yeah. burned out because they are not getting out there and, and feeling that rush and that yeah like you know that that scary feeling when you're about to do something that you're not quite sure how you're gonna make it work but you need to make it work so i agree with the the person you talked about it cool i, I thought it was interesting that you pointed out you know burning out and i feel like the, the common misconception is right that you burn out because of stress and there's so much to do but it's often about exactly that right that you're standing still and and you're not being challenged anymore do you see that in your in your clients as well yeah it's in instead of a burnout it's like a bored out <laughs> that's a nice one <laughs> yeah which which is basically the same right you're so burned and so bored by your job that eventually there's something that collapses in your mind and you're, you're not willing or wanting to do anything more about mm -hmm. it. So um, again, the, the good way, a good way to avoid that is to know yourself and to do things that scare you. Yeah. Because when you're doing things that scare you, maybe you're going to fail, but you're going to learn something and you won't get that bored out that people get all the time when they are in their comfort zone and working the same job forever without improvement, without, you know what, what it is? Also that thirst of learning. When you lose that thirst for, for learning, I think you start to burn out and to get bored out. Because yeah. if you're not curious about your career, then you're not into your career. That's mm -hmm. it, like being quite honest, right? Because when we like something, we're curious about it. Yeah, makes total sense. You know, that, that you're not, that, that you're, if you're interested in your career, you're actually going to try and, and learn more about it and grow as a professional. Uh, and maybe if you don't do that, on the other hand, you're starting to get disinterested in, in what you're doing. That makes total mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Awesome. I'm having this thought in my head, which is, you know, if, if you're new in a career, maybe you've spent like a couple of months at a company, it might seem easy to, you know, turn the ship around and start taking more leadership and, and signing up for more projects. But do you have an experience, you know, if somebody has spent, let's say, a decade at a company and it's just kind of the norm that you're there and like you're, you're idling and maybe you're a little bit stagnant in your career, how can yeah. you turn around from that when, you know, maybe it's easier to kind of hold up your hand and start a new project just because it wasn't done before, right? Like you've spent so much time there that you're yeah. just stagnant that you, and you're there. 
okay, let's imagine that someone is there, right? Ten, a decade later in their career and they want to make that change. And maybe they are not sure if they want to stay or not at their job. But I would say that that job they already have, it's a good learning playground to start developing their learning skills. So what I would say is like, don't take it that seriously in the sense that try just making little, little jumps here and there. Also because the colleagues, the boss may be so used to the person you used to be that if you try to change from one day to another, they're going to be like, whoa, like this person is going crazy. What's But, happening? <laughs> yeah, what's happening, right? Also being honest about it. I think that people can be honest about it and go see their boss or their manager or, or even their colleagues and say, hey, I'm trying to develop my leadership skills. And you know what? I want to participate more. And I, you know, can you help me out? Can you tell me when I'm missing an opportunity to speak out? And sometimes we want to go through... That's also why coaching has become more popular lately because people are learning that they don't need to do everything alone. And in that same perspective, you don't need to do everything alone at work. You can share with your colleagues, with your boss, what you're going through, what would you like to change? You can ask for some feedback. Okay, do you think there are ways I can improve my communication or my assertiveness or this or that? Right. Like make those people around you aware of what you're going through, what you want to do, because you will gain also their, their um, respect because not everybody's able to say that out loud. Mm -hmm. So if you want to become a leader, start by speaking about yourself and what you're going through. That's a that's a super nice point. And I, I think it shows that even, you know, if you're already stuck, like you can on one side, you can prevent from get, kind of getting stuck and being stagnant in your career, but you can also turn it around and kind of get back from that, right? Yeah. But if you want to turn it around, you need to do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people say like, oh my God, I need more money. So I need to change something and I need to, or just because someone mentioned something, they want to change. No, right. like do it for you, yourself. Find the reasons why this change that you want to make is good for you. Because mm -hmm. then that motivation will keep going on. When we're trying to do something for an external factor, it will dissipate as it came. Yeah, that's a that's a great point that it's probably growth. I mean, on, on one side, you see growth mm -hmm. in the bank account because you're, you're kind of climbing up the ladder, but pr probably a lot more satisfying is just, yeah, being at the edge again, having that hunger for learning and basically just, just experiencing that growth personally and professionally. Yeah. Awesome. What's been your kind of best experience so far as a coach? You've been doing it for a while and you had a, a couple of clients, but what's really like the thing that makes you want to to continue basically that's such a good point but well it's i will go back to what we're, we were discussing first the reason why i want to keep doing this is one because i love and i respect the people that come to work with me in the sense that i know that it's not easy to share when you're struggling or to open up about your career and your goals it's hard for, for a lot of people so first of all that that i do consider each one of my clients like a human being. I don't overbook myself for the same reason because I think that people need that personal interest in, from their coach. I had an experience a lot, a lot of years ago from a coach that he was not really there. He was there listening to me, but you know, it was not going like as I wanted it to be. And the communication was not as profound as I needed it to be at, at the time. And I'm not saying he was a bad coach. I'm just saying that for me, it didn't work. So I have been coached a few times in my life and I have learned what I like as a client and what I don't like. 
So I try to give the same to my clients. And that's one of those things, the respect and the, the respect for, for the trust that people give me. Another thing is that I think that there's so much that we can do in this world to improve it. But if I can help from one to one to improve their life a little bit, for me, that's already enough. Making that impact from person to person, I think that's great because then it replicates with their own family, with their own colleagues. Like, I think it's expensive. Third, I would say that I enjoy learning, learning from everyone and learning from different fields, learning different ways of communication, experiences, everything. Right. And in the end, I guess it's also for you, you know, you're helping people experience their professional growth and, and kind of not getting stuck in their careers. But at the same time, you're experiencing the same, right? With every new exactly. experience that you're seeing. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. I'm growing with them. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's a nice way to to put it. Yeah. Let's see if I have anything else for you in terms of, oh, I had one one more question. Do you have a good system for accountability and basically like staying consistent once you're going through a process like that? I feel, I feel like it takes so much energy to, you know, continuously challenge yourself that it's maybe easy to kind of fall back and just mm. relax for a while. Do you have a system that, you, that you're kind of working through with clients there? Um, just to challenge yourself continuously? It depends on the person because we're not all wired the same way. For example, right. I have a client that he likes to send me a, a message every day saying what he did during the day. Right. So he decided that was the way we were going to. We have a, a spreadsheet with all his weekly goals and monthly goals and so on. And then every day he sends me a quick update on what he did. There's other type of people that say, I don't need that. Like, I, I don't want that type of communication all of the time. I have a lot of work on my hands already. No. So we check up every other week to see how they are doing, to find what were their roadblocks, for example, to get done what they needed to get done or, or to reach those milestones. I get that because as I was mentioning, like not everybody wants the same type of communication. I could send an email to my yeah. clients every day and I'm sure that most of them or some of them would say like, bye-bye. Like, I don't want this kind of spam in my life. <laughs> and in the other hand, there's other clients that want that actually. That like, that I reach out from time to time during the week be in between sessions just to check out how they are and what's going on. So the system as a system doesn't exist because I think I, it's, it's personalized. Yeah. So maybe the system after all is that coaching aspect, right? Or that mentoring aspect yeah. that you have someone on the other end of the line who checks in on you and keeps you accountable, even if it's, you know, if it's daily or if it's once per week, doesn't really matter, but there's someone there. And I imagine if you would stop hearing from clients at some point, you would reach back out and ask, you know, what's going on here. Yeah. I always reach out like to, to expand a little bit on this point. Like if, if you listener, you want to hire a coach, it's important that you tell your coach, how do you want to communicate? Mm -hmm. How often? If by message, by mail, through a mentor cruise platform, you need to tell your coach what do you want. Because we coaches, we work with so many people that sometimes it's not as easy as you could imagine to guess what the best option for the client is. So be honest with your coach. Tell them if something is working or not working for you. Because as a coachee, you also have the right to say, listen, this was a great idea, but it's not working for me. What yeah. else can we try? Because it has happened to me with clients that we start with a, a certain action plan. And I always tell them, if it's not working for you at some point, you need to tell me so we can revise and, and revisit. So if they tell me that, we do that. 
but I cannot guess if my client doesn't tell me. Coaching is about communication. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone that maybe thinks that need to improve their communication skills, I think coaching is a good opportunity to do it in a safe space because us coaches were trained normally to learn how to listen to you and how to communicate with you. Yeah. And at that point, it's much more collaborative than, you know, a course or something like that, because you actually have a say in the relationship yeah, uh, exactly. and, you, and you're able to kind of shape the, the coaching to your liking. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's normally it should be like personalized. It should be made for you, even if the coach has already some strategy that they use, normally they need to adapt to you mm-hmm. because you are the important person in that relationship, in this in this program. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and telling us a little bit more, both about, you know, your personal background, but then also how to navigate a career, how to think about coaching how to not get stuck in, in our careers. That's been super helpful. Mm, thank you, Dominique. And I want to add that if you want to reach out, I provide a, a discovery session for free. So mm-hmm. they can go to my, my profile and book a discovery session so we can talk and see if we're a good match for each other. Awesome. And of course, your, your links and your contact details are going to be in the description uh, of this podcast. And I would definitely urge everyone uh, who's looking to grow in their careers to reach out to you and book that discovery session and see whether it's a match. Thank you. Thank you, Dominique. And thank you, Mentor Cruz. My pleasure. My pleasure too.